grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. This episode of California Haunts Radio. I had quite the adventure. I can honestly say that. I mean, not a bad adventure, but something that doesn't normally happen to me. And uh, I was real tired yesterday. I think you guys could tell when I was doing the show. And um, I have a 17-year-old dog who gets confused sometimes. And what she'll do is she'll, she sleeps really hard for hours, and then all of a sudden she'll wake up yelling and not screaming she doesn't scream this dog is tough this dog is tough as nails always has been and um so if you know if she whines or screams then something's really wrong with her but anyway um i tend to work at night like after the show today i'll be uploading the podcast version of the show and then i'll be probably have dinner and then come back in here and, and look for guests and do stuff you know for the show and uh last night was no different or the night before was no different. And uh, it's a, it, it, also, I have trouble sleeping at night to begin with. So <laughs> I'm, I'm more prone to do night work. So I usually go to bed around 2, 30, 3 o'clock. And sometimes I'll be in here and I'll get tired, you know, and I'll fall asleep and I'll wake up two or three hours later. And then off I go, to be, hopefully to go to bed or I stay up and then I sleep like in the morning. Um, so I knew I had an early morning call to record a show at 7 a.m. Pacific time, uh, and yesterday, and so I thought, well, okay, I'm gonna go go to bed early. Everything will be cool. So I went in the other room, went to sleep, slept about an hour, and then I woke up to a barking dog, which is what happens. She sleeps and she will wake up barking because she she's confused about where she's at. So I kind of waited a few minutes and I thought, okay, that's cool, you know. And she started barking again, so I had to get up and go over and. Oh, I see what happened. Okay. So I had to get up and go over and um, comfort her and put a blanket on her, that kind of thing. And um, I got people coming in the green room. Wow. I never had that happen before. Anyway, so I had to get up and comfort her and, and you know, let, let her go back to sleep. And she did. And then I tried to fall back asleep and I couldn't sleep. So I was up all night. And then I did my seven o'clock show. And when you get somebody on early in the morning like that and you're recording, you know, doing a pre-record on like, like on like Zoom, usually you want to chit chat before the show and then you'll chit chat after the show. So an hour show turned into like almost two hours. So that happened. By then it was nine o'clock. I had to get my regular day stuff done. Plus I was writing a story, a freelance story. And um, so I, Ran the whole day. No stopping, no no naps, no nothing the whole day. And then the show rolled around the evening, and of course I did a two-hour show last night. And so I, I was exhausted. So I got done with the show, did what I always do, you know, thank the client, you know, thank the guests for coming on, loaded up the uh, podcast, went in and had dinner, came back in here to work. And I don't know when I dozed off, but I dozed off at some point. Because I have to have hearing aids in now too, because I've hear I tend to have hearing problems because my my allergies are so bad. So 
apparently when I woke up, I, I mean, I must have slept so hard because when I woke up, I didn't know where I, I didn't know where I, where I was at. It's never happened to me before. It took a couple. It, it took a few seconds for me to realize I was still sitting. I was still in my studio. I slept so hard, but I thought I had fallen asleep for a couple hours because, like I said, I do that sometimes at night. I'll doze off for a couple hours in the studio. And so I looked down. I thought, wow, there's one hearing aid in and one hearing aid out. I don't know what that's about. So I wake up. I look at my watch. It's 7 a.m. So I slept the whole night here. I slept a whole full eight and a half hours. Apparently the dog didn't wake up for anything. So that, that was my night. That was crazy. That's how tired I was. You know, and I, I can't remember my dreams because, you know, it's just those dreams you don't remember. But I, I slept really, really hard. And you know how when you sleep hard like that, you wake up and you feel almost hungover because your brain's foggy. You have that feeling. Anyway, so that's that was my adventure last night. And uh, I had it coming because I'd been up all night the night before. But that's just a given in my house with, with, with the dog and, and everything else. Anyway, I want to thank everybody for coming today. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for our guest that's, who's here. And um, I want to thank Marin for coming tonight as well. Our guest is Marin. Is, is, I hope it's pronounced right because you know how I'm with, with names. It's Mar Marin Muter. And she's going to be talking about past lives and life after death and all that good stuff that we all enjoy talking about on here. Okay. And if you guys have questions, chime on in because I'm you know, more than willing to relay those questions. But uh, we are the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team, uh, www.californiahaunts.org. We are a nonprofit. Um, this is also the radio show connected to California Haunts. That's why we call it California Haunts Radio, www.californiahauntsradio.com. If you have trouble viewing the show here, you can go to our website at, at that address. And we're also airing live over there as we speak right at the moment. And I'm really excited to announce that we do have our, our business cards did come in. See, I guess you see them. Okay. There we go. See, we got our business cards now. So we're going to be passing these out for PR to get more word out about this team. Remember that we're always looking for YouTube people, people to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. So if you like what you see tonight, head on over to YouTube and subscribe, 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 subscribe. We're, we're building those numbers up. I want to try and hit two, you know, I want to try and hit a, another three digits by the end of the month. Another three digits, okay? Anyway, um, I'm going to take a look at the chat room, see who's in there tonight. I want to thank a couple people. And Jennifer Martin's in my chat room, and I want to thank her last night for the generous donation. I really appreciate it. And everybody else who has donated this past week, I appreciate it beyond any reason. You can't imagine. I was able to pay some bills. It's really cool, and I thank you all. Uh, Jerry, Jennifer, I thank you all. I was able to pay. I was able to pay a few bills, and we still got a few to go. But it makes you guys got me closer. So I thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Anyway, let's get this show on the road, shall we? See, this time it's not as tacky as it was last night. Just it. Let me switch back to my other screen, and let me call Mar Marin in. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> Good. Thanks for having <laughs> me tonight. <laughs> oh, thank you for coming. I really appreciate it. Tell me about yourself. Well, I am what's considered a metaphysician, and basically I study consciousness. I, it's not just only consciousness, so I study earthbound consciousness and then um, consciousness that resides on the other side of the veil. I look at how those things come together, how it works, and how we're able to then access the other side of the veil. So it's a lot more than just past lives, and it's a lot more than anything. I mean, it. it explains and talks about how we can have after death communication, how things haunt, why things haunt, the different types of hauntings there are, and then 
also our memory and, and how we're able to remember past um, experiences of life. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. <laughs> And what got you into doing this, this part of your work? I mean, obviously it's an offshoot of what you studied, but yeah, there's always this, a story. Yeah, well, this has uh, been with me my whole life. So I was born kind of in between the veil, per se. So our brain creates a veil and it separates our overarching consciousness from um, what we see and experience on the earthbound stage here. And it filters what we can access on the other side of the veil. So the information that we have is all out there. And our brain filters it and gives it to us in chunks down here as we need it, as we understand it. And when I was born, I don't know what happened. There was a freak. Something happened. Maybe there was a lightning strike in the um, parking lot when I was born. But <laughs> <laughs> parts of these frequencies didn't close. And so I see life very much like a hologram type mm -hmm. thing. So I go, I see things kind of as a hologram and then I go, oh yeah, earthbound and then things solidify. But then I can also say, oh yeah, well, I want to see what else and see the connection out there. So I actually can see and peek in or peer to the other side of the veil. And uh, while doing that, I, as a child, I realized that not everybody sees life this way. And so I started writing um, predictions and thoughts and theories and burying them in letters from four years old until about 17, making lots of predictions, scientific predictions, and then personal predictions that uh, have come to be. Fantastic. <laughs> tell me, what's great. Um, tell me about past lives. To, you know, to, explain to me a little bit about that, how that works. Um, like how we have memory of past lives? Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, how we have memory of past lives is the past life memories reside in the exact same spot that our memories reside in, in this life. And because we don't actually need the information of a past life experience, that our brain just blocks it out and says, yeah, we don't need to see that. But when we call upon a memory here in this life, it's opening up different frequencies, allowing that memory to come back in, and then we can remember. Okay. We see past life memories a lot more in children than we do as adults because the frequencies in the brain are a little bit more malleable. <laughs> and so some children can remember past life experiences. Um, and they're not always bad, but typically oh, when we get a, a past life experience or a memory of a past life, you have people saying, oh, I, I had this and I remember I was murdered or I had this and I remember that, you know, I, I drown and now I have a fear of drowning and that's not exactly how it works. Um, our brain, even for memories today, has a negative bias. So it remembers more negative things than it does positive things. And that's just our brain. It doesn't mean, I mean, there's so many more positive things <laughs> than there are negative things, but it's our brain's job to pick out the negative things because that's what keeps us safe. But the past life experiences, we don't have anything that we carry over karma with. We don't have, every life is whole and complete. And that's when we get into parallel lives. And that okay. explains why don't worry about karma from a past life. You don't have to heal anything from a past life because you've already paid, paid the piper for that. Mm -hmm. And, and you're not carrying that over into this one. How far back, uh, you know, 
as far as past lives go, how far back can people experience that stuff? I mean, is it a previous life or can they go like way back? Well, you can go way back, but you can also go way forward. We have to remember time doesn't necessarily work in a linear trajectory. And you can have okay. life experiences. So I really don't necessarily call them past lives. Mm-hmm. I, I look at them as more life experiences um, because we could have a life experience that's non-human. We could have a life experience that's non-animal. We could have a life experience that even could be a plant. But we can also have a life experience that is not even earthbound. <laughs> and you can get access to memory on all of these things which is pretty interesting, but it can go, it can go back all the way to the beginning of our universe. Why is it people? Well, I kind of know why, but I mean, it's just a question. Somebody always wants to be somebody famous in a past life. I mean, you know, like I can understand that, but I mean, be somebody like Helen of Troy would be kind of frightening, you know, to, to broadcast that because I mean, look at what happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> so why, why do people always want to come back as somebody famous or say there's somebody famous? Well, there's there's several several reasons. There, I don't think everybody wants to come back as somebody famous. I think, um, or have had a, a past life of someone famous. I think they want to connect with a, a past life. Sometimes when we go into doing a hypnotherapy session, sometimes a hypnotherapist will seed ideas beforehand before you even go into the session, and. Typically, you can tell when that happens because this uh, a lot of the stories end up to be very similar or the same, and that that's because that might be information that the hypnotherapist knew about. So sometimes All we right, have. Let's bring us back. Okay. Oh, well, I'm here? back. We'll see if we can get her back. Oh, there we go. Put me oh. on the wrong screen. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, we lost you. Know. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> that was like weird. <laughs> So I went back to my went back to my past life there for a second. Yeah, they're like, no, we don't want to talk about this. Don't don't, don't spill the secret. <laughs> All right, where we leave off. So, so sometimes the idea of somebody's famous or Civil War or World War II, and you're a fighter pilot, and you know, or you're the nurse, and you're taking care of the fighter pilot, and and you're looking for a connection that's recognizable. And so sometimes a hypnotherapist will seed an idea that is recognizable or you will seed an idea that is recognizable from something else how you can tell if you've had if you're getting a real past life memory versus the idea or fantasy of a past life memory and and i'm not saying don't have those because those are wonderful too but if you've ever had a dream a visitation dream from that someone Mm-hmm. You know when you're just dreaming of somebody and you're just kind of in that dream state. But when mm-hmm. somebody actually comes and visits you in a dream, you wake up and you know that person was there. You know that that visitation happened. It's to- It feels totally different. When you have a past life recollection, when you have this memory come in, that resolute, I know I was there, it is real and tangible. I could smell it. I could taste it that's going to be the feeling that you have. It won't okay. feel any different than this life. Can you, I mean, can you dream of someone that, that's living as well and it, and it looks like you're, it's a past life in your dream? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and when I'm talking about people visiting, it could be somebody that has passed on or, you know, somebody that's 
about ready to pass on and they come and say their goodbyes. You've, you've heard that. I'm sure. Sure. Before. Okay. Very cool. similar. It works very yeah. similarly. See, you've raised a lot of question marks in my chat room about parallel <laughs> lives. Let's talk about that a little bit. All right. Um, parallel lives. So this is actually really interesting. And this is really, really what I study. Um, when we look at our universe, so I, I know this is going to take us all the way to the universe, but I promise you it's going to take you to YouTube. <laughs> we have something that's called a pre-expansion. Pre so it's part of an inflation theory. So pre-expansion creates homo um, homogeneity. I can't even say that word. Home, you know, everything's <laughs> the same. Nice. <laughs> I, I can't. My mouth is tongue-tied. That's fine. I can like that. So you got it. Everybody got it. You get it. <laughs> Homie did something. People were good. It's the role. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what happens <laughs> is during the pre-expansion phase, you're basically getting all your ingredients for a stew ready. And when it's ready to expand, you're basically starting the light. You're, you're turning the heat on underneath the pot. And then everything starts amalgamating and it creates a beautiful stew. And it's um, homogenous. There we go. There we go. <laughs> and it makes sense. So, the right? Let me get my camera right. right? <laughs> so <laughs> when we look at that, we can say, okay, right when that pilot turned on, we created the Big Bang or the explosion. Even though it was just more of expansion, it will say an explosion. So the reason why I'm starting out with that is because nature doesn't play tricks on us. This is not a trick. They're not sending us down here like a joke, a mean, cruel joke. But when we are created, just as if a, a plant is germinating, we actually have our own explosion. We actually have our own pre-expansion. And that's when we have the egg and we have the sperm and those come together. When the sperm goes through the cellular wall, it sets off an explosion and it's literally made out of zinc. It is a flash and we have recorded it. Now, okay. this is where something cool happens. This is where we get to kind of play with quantum theoretics. So I'm going to explain this very okay. superficially. <laughs> There's two things in quantum um, theoretics that are common and, and people have heard of it. One is quantum superposition and then one is quantum entanglement. We're going to work with quantum superposition here really quickly. Quantum superposition essentially says that one particle can be in multiple places simultaneously at the exact same time. Now, in the lab, in a, a controlled environment, humans have the tools to see this happen where we can take one particle and have it go into two places at the exact same time. The exact same particle, no different. In the real world, once we step out of the <laughs> laboratory, that one particle can be in innumerable places. We're talking trillions of places and different um, universal planes. So when we explode, when, when our sperm hits the egg and it creates the particle named Marin, I am going to be playing out every single possibility every single trajectory of that ex firework explosion because time does not work the same on the other side of the veil 
as it does on the earthbound side. On the earthbound side, we can look at it like a very slow motion movie. So we can kind of see what's happening. Mm -hmm. On the other side, everything goes away at the same time. So right when that sperm hits the egg, and when you're 108 years old, there's no time difference. It goes away simultaneously. You'll be playing out every single choice that you make. So let's say that we were going to paint the wall purple or paint the wall pink. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we had to make a choice. Are we painting it purple? Are we painting it pink? We're essentially going to make both of those choices and we're going to live out the result of both of those choices. One, we feel like we're in a Pepto-Bismol bottle and the other one, we feel like, you know, a purple popsicle melted all over us. But we're going to play both of those scenarios out. There are situations in our life that are not good. Some of the trajectories are horrible. Some of the trajectories aren't so horrible. Some of the trajectories might have us um, as Dread Pirate Roberts, and the other one might have us the boat that Dread Pirate Roberts <laughs> attacked. <laughs> um, that would be me. <laughs> yeah. So, but we'll be playing out both scenarios. In the end, it creates harmony because we have played out literally karma on everything. And it creates a full, whole, like W H O L E, complete life. It's important our life is complete because then once it goes up into our overarching consciousness, the humility, the, the um, compassion, the love, the understanding, the depth of understanding, the depth of understanding what despair is and the depth of understanding what love is all pool together and create an amazing form of energy that is incredibly loving and it goes up and it joins in to our overarching consciousness. So if we look at our life like an orb or a music mm -hmm. note, and our overarching consciousness is a symphony, each life experience is one music note, but it's whole and com complete. And that's why we don't have karma that comes over, <laughs> because we're playing it out right now. That's interesting. It's, it's hard to think there'd be like a parallel me somewhere. <laughs> That's, That's kind right. of frightening. <laughs> it's kind of scary to think that there's two of me running around in the universe. <laughs> so can what we do in our parallel life affect our actual life? Well, it is your actual life. Okay, so, let's say. It is. It is, it is just as real, just as tangible. And you on that parallel existence think that that is the only spot that you can go on. Because as okay. a human, we can only view the trajectory we're on. So that one particle has a trillion trajectories that it is viewing. And that mm -hmm. one particle has a trillion trajectories that it's viewing and believes that that's the only one it's on. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. That's kind of cool. <laughs> it is cool. That's definitely kind of cool. I can honestly say that. That's really cool. Now I had seen a TV show many, many, many years ago where that talked about um, scars that you have and different makes and pains that you have that could be related to a past life. Yes, that um, actually is true. And we see that in children that have had past lives or that come in. And even if they don't have a past life memory, we come in with birthmarks or something like that. And that's uh -huh. what we call particular memory. Um, so everything has memory. 
And since we are created of particles, the particles have memory. And so as it's forming, as it's coming down here, sometimes some of those particles will say, oh yeah, we were hurt here. And it shows up as a scar. Now that scar doesn't come with the injury. That scar doesn't come with the fear or whatever happened to you. It, it's just exactly like if you were to have fallen down and skin your knee as a child, and now you're 75 years old and you can look down and see there's the scar when you skin mm -hmm. your knee. You're not feeling the pain of that anymore. You just have a scar. And that's it's what it sure. is. It's a particular memory that comes in. Interesting. Um, I had a question about um, when somebody going back to having dreams about past lives and stuff, how can somebody tell, I mean, if, if, if you have a dream, can people like tell if it's, if, if, if it's literally from a past life or does it just pass like a dream? Yeah. Well, we, you can have a viewing of other life experiences. And so that's what happens all the time in our brain anyway. So a lot of times when we're dreaming, we're actually processing in um, events going on here. And sometimes it's easier to process an event by making it random and not uh -huh. so personal. So it kind of uh -huh. detaches us and allows our brain to process it. When we have a past life memory come in during a sleep, let's say, it's going to, again, feel more real and tangible and, uh -huh. and it will feel like you are actually there. Okay. I have a question in the chat room. Um, she says, so if I were constantly physically ill, how's that melding with the whole? I guess she's talking about the parallel, the, the yeah. parallel thing too. So let's say that you have a life trajectory where you um, are constantly battling something. Maybe you have fibromyalgia. Maybe you end up with MS. Maybe you had cancer. Maybe you're just constantly going through something. Well, so we have that trajectory here, and then there's going to be another trajectory that's kind of like a mirror image of that. So you'll have less illness, less pains, less aches. And those two will complement each other and create kind of like a harmony. They, they're like a beautiful harmony. They harmonize with each other, two magnets that attract. Um, so that it, it doesn't negate from that. It's just that some trajectories have different events than others, but there will always be a mirror of that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, I lost the question I had. <laughs> doesn't take much for me. Um, oh, yeah. When you, you know, it, 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 is that that feeling of deja vu that we get? Like if we go in a, a building or something and we, we feel like we know the building even though we've never been there? Yeah, so deja vu happens in two ways. One is when our brain kind of has a glimpse in the a glimpse in the system, and it like maybe our right side goes into the room and it goes up, and then the left side shows up, and it's like, oh, we've you know, never, either never been here or we've already been here. Mm -hmm. But the same thing can happen when we have a passing of a parallel life. We have to remember that our parallel lives aren't on the same universal plane because we aren't supposed to run into them. But sometimes we can get so close and we could have had a total parallel existence in the coffee shop. We're sitting there and mm -hmm. we're like, for the next 30 minutes, we play out the entire scene of the same person. The correct person walks in, the person drops a dishes, you know, something. And we play it out. And we're like, okay, that was the weirdest thing that's ever happened. And that could definitely be a very 
close skimming of two parallel lives. But the two okay. parallel lives won't ever actually be on the same universal plane. Right. Because I've had experiences in elevators and stuff, too, you know, in different buildings where it just feels like I've been there before, you know. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just crazy feelings. It's really cool. St- so next time say- we can be like, yeah, I was there. <laughs> I was there. What do you uh, say to people that come to you and say, well, I, I, I think I might have had a past life experience? Well, I do work a lot with children with past life experiences. Mm -hmm. And then um, with adults, I work with spontaneous recollection. So I don't necessarily um, do hypnotherapy. I I can do hypnotherapy, but I'd rather have someone with a spontaneous recollection of it. Um, So we, we sit down and talk and we talk about, you know, how it's possible, how they're connected to the other side of the veil. And once someone learns how they're connected to the other side of the veil and how that memory shows up. Um, It's usually pretty enlightening and it's, and it creates more intimacy with that connection with that life. Okay. There's another question in there. Um, And I've had this, this happened to me. I was at an airport in Hungary of all places. (laughs) And I actually saw my, my, my doppelganger in this airport. And so the question is from the chat room is, what about when people claim they, they, they constantly see their, their physical twin? Well, a physical twin, so your doppelganger, is not going to be your parallel self. Right. Um, it's just how genetically <laughs> there is another recipe that made chocolate chip cookies. So right. <laughs> we have two totally different recipes, and we both ended up with chocolate chip cookies. It happens. <laughs> But I'll guarantee there's a little bit of a difference. Maybe one had a little bit more salt, one had a little more sugar. <laughs> Go for it. So if this woman constantly sees her twin, is that her maybe tapping into that parallel universe or? Not necessarily, no. Okay. Um, you're really not, your twin, your parallel self will not be on this universal plane. Okay, okay, okay. So because it's just rather Otherwise that would cause else. great confusion. <laughs> Because I know there were legends, um, Time Life used to have this great bunch of books they put out years ago, and it was all like like paranormal mysteries of the world. And there was one legend in there, and I think it was from Ireland, where um, the, the, the telling of death and what it was was that if you looked in a mirror and you saw yourself staring over your shoulder in this mirror, that meant that, that you were near death, that something was going to happen, that, that you were going to die. If you saw that, do, you know, that doppelganger, kind of, it's kind of creepy, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying, yeah. is that, you know, this kind of a legend. I'm not saying this guy in the chat room is going to die. You're not going to die. Just, you know, You're not going to die. I'm, I'm just trying to relate this legend thing. That's kind of, that's kind <laughs> of interesting and kind of what we're talking about in a way, yeah. you know, what are so, some of the coolest stories that, 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 that people have told you about past lives? Hmm. Well, actually I just, finished writing one of the neatest story. I mean, it was a sad story, but it was also a, an amazing story about somebody that I um, worked with. And as a child, he remembered having surgery on his brain. Well, not even surgery on his brain. His brain was being attempted to be turned into a radio and he was on right. an airplane. So he had, while he was alive, probes being put into his brain. <laughs> Um, and he would go into his parents' room and, and just be terrified. They're trying to, you know, turn my brain into a radio. They're operating on my brain and I'm still alive and I'm in an airplane. Mm -hmm. So we spoke about it and 
I couldn't find anything about it. And it was Nazi Germany. So this is World War II. And I had worked with him for years. And about three, four years ago, as they're uncovering some of the experiments that the Nazis did, and I mean, they're still uncovering. And I don't think we'll ever find out to the extent of what people did. This experiment that this little boy had been telling to his parents and, and had followed him throughout adulthood, like, you know, what was going on, came out in some of those papers from um, the Nazi experiments. So that was, it was pretty amazing to read that. That's amazing. Like you, you talk about the kids and they had that TV show on for a while. It's incredible what these kids tell their parents. Yes. And what triggers them as well. You know, like the one little boy that fire was the, the, the kid that was in the war. Yeah. I don't know mm -hmm. if you remember that, if you saw that, you know, and every time it was like the 4th of July drove the kid nuts because, because the explosions and everything, it's incredible what kids will do. Is that um, when a kid had, you know, when, when a kid, the little kid starts telling you stories like that, mm -hmm. I guess you should just, I guess you should take notice. Yeah. I mean, most of the time we, we, push it off as creative nonsense, a child telling us stories and we're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if we just sit and actually listen to some of these stories, the children, their brains are still developing and they're still figuring out what frequencies are relevant to this life. And so they still have access to these memories. And until about, you know, six years old, you know, typically it's three to five years old is when they really start talking about these things. Um, listen to them, humor them. Don't, don't poo poo it. Just ask them questions. Don't, you know, try to interrogate them, but just let them share what they're experiencing or what they experienced because to them, it's very, very real to this day. Absolutely. That's right. Athena goes ghost inside my child. That was the show. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry bear. Uh, asks about, do you know, or have you heard of Dorothy Eddy? Dorothy Eddy. It sounds familiar. Can you describe it? She says, um, let's see. I'm blind as a bat. She says um, she was known as Alm Seti, and she's a famous for her past life. That's all I got. Oh. Um, <laughs> was she, is she somebody that Dr. Brian White, Weiss worked with? Possibly. I would think so. Okay. Um, <laughs> what? I just, oh, here we go. More details. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm blind. Oh, here we go. Here's, here's something else. Yeah, I'm blind. So I gotta, I'm going to put my face right in your faces, guys. Just relax. Uh, Jerry says her four-year-old granddaughter told her her best friend. What are we She's flipping this thing up really helped. My four-year-old granddaughter told me my best friend and I only had a little bit of time together. She died in a year. She also told me that her sister was waiting to come to Earth and that she came two years later. She actually helped people read... Oh, Dorothy Eddy. She actually helped people read hieroglyphics and became very famous in the Egyptian historical area. Okay, now I know who you're talking about. Yes. Okay, <laughs> okay that... <laughs> yes. So what happens on... We'll just take all of these situations. I gotta make this bigger. This is ridiculous. They, you guys don't need to have me in your face. Okay, go ahead. All work the same. <laughs> so our brain actually creates a veil and it's quieting different frequencies. So 
just imagine that on the other side of this veil where our overarching consciousness is, where all of this information resides, it, if our brain let all of that in, it would be like turning on the radio and you only have one channel, but every single channel on the face of the planet Earth is coming in at the same time. So you would mm -hmm. be totally confused. And if I said, okay, turn your radio on and then I need you to tell me directions or read, you wouldn't be able to do it. You'd short circuit. So when we have people come in that can read things that, you know, are hard hieroglyphics um, or we have people that, you know, a child that can say, oh, I'm going to have a sister or say, oh, you've only got X amount of time left. What's happening is those little frequencies in our brain. So, I mean, if we just look at the number of neurons in our brain, there's more mm -hmm. neurons in our brain than there are stars in our galaxy. Okay. Okay. Which is huge, which is a lot. Right, right. We have huge. trillions of neurons. So each one of those is actually acting as a receiver. So when we have that electrical synapse in there, it's actually receiving information from our overarching consciousness. So when we have children that are able to do that, what's happening is some of those frequencies are just more open and haven't shut off yet. So we can get a whole range of information, everything from, you know, forecasting someone's death to reading the hieroglyphics to being born knowing calculus three and how to do art. <laughs> so kids that really have a vivid imagination or you think they do. I mean, should we take notice of these kids when, when, when they're playing? You know, because obviously, they're, 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 I mean, to me, they might play out some of this stuff. Yeah. So, um, we, you know, you want to let your children have whatever imagination they're going to have, because it's really actually important to their mm -hmm. psychological and, and mental development. But also, if they are learning that they are here on this earthbound stage in this life experience, it also helps them separate and see what is relevant for their life here versus what they don't need. And then they start putting that back up and those, those quiet down over time. But in the, in the meantime, you know, give them parameters, obviously, because children do need to have parameters on, you know, behavior, but <laughs> at the same time, let their imagination run and, and give them creative outlets to use that imagination. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Now you've written a couple books, right? I've written um, three books that are published. I've written other books that are not published. Um, and I don't, so the first books I've read, that's a whole other podcast. And then <laughs> um, I've written, first books I've written, that's a whole other podcast. So the three books that are out right now are The Story of Cacao. And that was written to show you the importance of connection Um between us and the other side of the veil and how we are connected. Um, and then I wrote the book of buried letters, which has a compilation of some of those letters I was talking about um, at the beginning of this, that I wrote between the ages of four and 17. And then my most recent book is inside past life connections. Um, and then this spring or this, yeah, I guess it would be spring is going to be a book on parallel lives and then the chocolate syndicate. There you go. <laughs> How close are we to the other side? Because I know Sylvia Brown um, wrote that it's it's only about six feet away from us, or maybe even three feet. It's not even that far. Okay. 
So, um, I mean, there's literal exercises that we can do where you can actually physically touch it with your hands. Um, what I want you to understand is that your brain is creating the veil. <laughs> so there is nothing out there that is actually a veil around us. It's literally your brain. And when your brain ceases to exist, you're instantly, there is no more veil at all. Mm -hmm. um, so how close is the veil? It's wherever your brain is. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. It's created inside your brain. And I also heard that it was like a step up. Like, you know, it's just like going on the stairway. And so you step up into the other side. And I had a, a client uh, from a paranormal investigation mention this, that she saw somebody walk across her yard mm -hmm. and they, and it's like a door open and, and, and they took a step up and disappeared. Yeah. So how our brain works, and this is very interesting, is there's a lot of frequencies out there. So when we see something like an apparition walking across the yard and then the door opens and then they step up, that is our brain making sense of frequencies that we shouldn't normally be seeing. And mm -hmm. so it has to demodulate or translate those frequencies into something that we can recognize. So when we, just for the longest time, we assume that when we're talking the other side of the veil, we're talking up. So because the reason why we do that is because when we look up, there's more space. Mm -hmm. And when we look down, we see the floor and we're like, well, that's not big enough. <laughs> but um, essentially, it's absolutely every, everywhere around us. So when we see someone step up or when someone describes it as stepping up or we have the stairway or whatever it is, that's our brain translating information into something that we can kind of grasp or, or bite on a little bit easier. Okay. Is the other side different for everybody or is it the same? Is it the same when, when people uh, step over and make that connection? Well, it's the same. And the reason I, I, I know it's not super sexy to say that, but the reason why it actually is fabulous that it's the same is because that's uh -oh. exactly how we're created. Hey, let's and see so, if she gets back on. See, we're having internet issues tonight. Uh -oh. Uh, oh, there it is. Okay, we're back. Okay. okay. All right. All right. So um, <laughs> it's the same. And the reason it's the same is because nature is created on pattern and we are bo our body is biological. They are created with a recipe. And when that recipe is done, then we return to the other side of the veil. Um, and, it's, and it's the same. Now, when we have people come back from um, death experiences, near-death experiences or out-of-body experiences, what they describe is going to be very similar to how I described seeing the apparition they're going to be seeing a bunch of stuff on the other side of the veil when their brain reanimates to the earthbound stage it's going to mm -hmm. take that information and translate it into something recognizable to us individually that's why stories can sound a little bit different because it's just sure. our brain translating information okay cool the other question in the chat room is can parallel lives bleed into the current one for example um can a child walking with its mother suddenly see a whole um scenario of different you know life surroundings and be able to be experienced with that in real time 
going to think on how to answer this one. First of all, um, when you're on this particular trajectory, you're on this particular trajectory. And the other trajectories are on their own trajectories. Okay. Sometimes we can get that deja vu moment. Um, sometimes we can, our brain actually works in a way where we can actually see what the ground or earth or environment looked like previous to um, building on it. Or it can see it, you know, 20 years from now on the exact same trajectory plane. So sometimes we can... Um, our brain will pick up on what is previously there or what will future be there as long as it's on that exact same trajectory. Okay, Pretty cool. 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 <laughs> that works. I understand. I understand completely. Um, this is fascinating because I never thought about parallel lives. See, you, <laughs> you opened up this can of worms for me. I have to look all this stuff up and do research. Um, when, when someone experiences a, a past life, because I know, I, I know of people that have you know had experiences or claim they've had experiences do you can are you able i mean how well do you recognize let's say you run into somebody from a past life on the street how well are you able to recognize that person um you're not really going to recognize them okay. sometimes people get confused thinking okay i have this soulmate or or you know I, I resonate with this person very well and how that happens is our body is an electromagnetic it has an electromagnetic generator in it basically or an electromagnetic system which mm -hmm. means that we set off a certain frequency so we kind of have this frequency that goes around us it picks up other frequencies warns us of danger and stuff like that and sometimes when you meet somebody that has a frequency so similar to yours that it almost harmonizes, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, I've known you forever and ever and ever, and it feels so good. And what, what that is, is you have complementing frequencies. And then sometimes you meet people and you don't have a complementing frequency and you're just like, yikes, I don't want to hang out with you anymore <laughs> or ever. <laughs> um, so that, that's what it is. Uh, and it, it is, it's special. I mean, when you meet somebody and you have a good rapport with them, it feels really good. So it, there's nothing bad about that. Enjoy it while it's there, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's because you know them from before. Okay. I think sometimes when we do that, it can um, be more of your detriment than it is helpful when we assume that we've known you before and we assume then that we are supposed to be friends or we are supposed to be lovers or it, because then all of a sudden, if bad behavior comes up or bad situations come up, you tend to give them an easier ride or a way out or find excuses for them and then we end up in a bad position and we don't want to do that. So sure, understanding sure, sure. that that what it is and enjoy it for what it is. <laughs> then you so um, do the people from your past lives, are, are they involved in your current life at all? Well, not, I mean, not necessarily. You're not running around and um, role-playing over and over and over again with the same individuals because okay. the recipe that created us is, is different. So mm -hmm. um like the mother and father are different, where you're coming, but you could have particular memory. So different particles have memory, um, but we're not here to keep running into the exact same souls. Okay. Okay. Cause I, that's another thing I had heard that 
they they, they come back in your life, but they're different people. Yeah. Well, um, we have to remember that we can't be the exact same spirit coming back down because we're the human body, the physical body is created differently. So Mm -hmm. therefore the experience or where the viewpoint, the vantage point of life is, is totally different than what it would have been. So if I was uh, Martha (laughs) in a past life or Bob in a past life, and then I come here and now I'm Marin, my vantage point of what I'm going through life is, is so completely different that it wouldn't even resonate. And it's supposed to be that because we're supposed to be able to experience. That's why we have these past life experiences because it gives us a whole totally new vantage point every time and a greater appreciation of what it is once we get to the other side of the veil. And that brings me to my next question. When we are sent back here, yes, are we able to take to make a choice as to what type of life we want to have? Well, yes and no. You're going to be playing them all out. So you're going to have a choice that you won the lottery and you're going to have one that you did not win the lottery. And you're going to have one that, you know, like I said, you're going to be, you're going to be playing all of it out. So life is not a line. And I think that's the hardest thing for people to grasp when we talk about parallel lives is it's not one linear plane. I mean, (laughs) you're not, you're not getting one shot at being Marin Muter, I've got a trillion different Marin Muter trajectories going on, and I'm playing out every scenario, every single one, good and bad. So it's kind of like going down the highway or going down a one lane road, and then you got all these turns going this way. You got a choice take turn A or turn B or go straight, or you know, and it's you're up to you doing to all of them <laughs> to decide, yeah, to, to, to go across that. What do you like about what you do? What do I like about what I do? It makes uh, life interesting. It makes it not so boring, I guess. No, um, I think I, I enjoy what I do because it allows it when I talk to people that I spend a lot of time alone, I'm kind of a hermit. But when I talk to people or when people come to me and ask questions, I think it offers a perspective of almost relief because I can show them how close they are to the other side of the veil, how they can physically touch it. I work with people that, you know, have are in bereavement, you know, and I can show how the conscious attempt at communication from the other side of the veil to here works. We can talk about different spiritual entities, how they work, you know, what a haunt, what a traditional haunting is versus, you know, what would maybe a poltergeist be? How does that work? How do we get rid of it? And and all of everything in between, because it all works the same. Nature isn't confusing. Not out there to trick us. <laughs> when a loved one is trying to contact you, what signs should people look for? The easiest way to recognize a sign is if you see something or hear something and it brings that person to mind. So let's say that you walk into a room and and you've walked over like 20 pennies, but for some reason one stands out to you and you pick it up or you look at it and it reminds you of somebody, that's going to be the easiest way to recognize that that's a sign. Um, So, but signs come in all shapes and sizes, but typically when that sign shows up, if you're thinking of the person, that's it. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, 
Again, what do you say to someone who thinks that maybe they have had a dream about their mother or father and, you know, or, or somebody, for instance, that the, the parents have passed away quite some time ago and they haven't really had any contact with, with them at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes the signs don't, just don't come necessarily. And that doesn't mean that they don't love you. And that doesn't mean that they're not thinking of you. And that doesn't mean that that connection is, is broken or not there. It just means that their form of communication traditionally would have mirrored what this is. So if they were more of a private person, if they weren't really communicative with you during your life here, then they're not all of a sudden going to come and do grand gestures. Typically when someone comes and gives you a message, they're going to do it in a way that you would recognize. So going outside of a personality trait that you don't recognize from them, you wouldn't get that sign anyway, because you'd be like, oh, I didn't know that you did that. I didn't know you played practical jokes. I never knew that. <laughs> now for everybody in the chat room, because you, 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 you did touch on being able to touch the, you know, touch the veil. How can people do that on a basic level, you know, without going through a lot of training? basic level. So really quickly. And by the way, I did write about this and give step-by-step instructions in the book of um, Inside Past Life Connections. But really, it's a really simple game. It's a really simple thing. And you're just going to – it's putting your hands together and – pressing your hands together for like two minutes, really hard, press your hands together really hard for two minutes and then relax your hands, relax your body, keep your hands together and then very slowly separate your hands. And what you're doing is you're creating a current between your hands of your electrical system. And because it's the electrical system that is creating this veil, when you separate your hands, you're actually going to be able to feel resistance. Some people can get it to be a plasma, and sometimes you can get it to go so big, it feels like you're pulling taffy, so you can go out and in. And that would be actually touching the other side of the veil right there between your hands. Now, that's interesting because that's one of the techniques I also use to put a um, protection veil around around people, too. That's exactly what it is because it's a frequency. It's, it's the, um, it's your energy source. It's your frequency and you have it around you all the time. So you have this protective shield around you all the time because it's a electrical shield, but it also feeds out past that shield. So, because it's reading the environment, but that's basically what it is. That's what it's for. It's to help us. It's our natural protection. See, guys, I know what I'm talking about deep down. They always look at me like I'm crazy. I said, now pull it slowly apart. You can, you can fill the whole house with it, you know. That's right. You can fill the whole, I mean, you can fill amazing rooms. And the coolest thing is, is when you learn how to do that, you can actually, you don't need to necessarily even use your hands. Once you learn to call upon that, you can call upon it um, with your face and you can taste food or taste objects. You can hear things that you wouldn't have normally heard or would have normally tasted. <laughs> what are the benefits for a live person to cross, to, to, to go, go, go into the veil? There really aren't too many. <laughs> okay. I, um, I mean, I, I don't want to burst, you know, bubbles of hope or whatever, right, right, right. but really a lot of the information 
on the other side of the veil really isn't pertinent or relevant to this life experience. So it would be like if I told you to go into the Library of Congress and go read all of the books. Well, you're going to be like, why do I want to read all the books of the Library of Congress? And I'll be like, yep, every single book, read it. And you'll be like, well, I really just wanted to read Cinderella. <laughs> There's a snooze fest, isn't it? Read yep. all those books. Oh, yeah. So, Not to take anything away from attorneys, but yeah. It's just... Yeah, no, I mean, really, truly. I mean, you're just like, Okay, well, <laughs> um, it's really not, because it's not pertinent to your life here, you're not going to go out there and, and be like, wow, this is like, I mean, it is spectacular when you get up there. And when you hear people that have had near-death experiences or out-of-body experiences, death experiences, or if you just got a glimpse of it, yes, the feeling is absolutely incredible. And it's something that we are all going to be able to experience sooner than later um and and it will be absolutely wonderful and stunning up there but the benefits to us earthbound right now you're not really going to be gaining a lot okay and my last question for you tonight well i got a couple but the, okay. the last big question as far as this is concerned is as we get closer to death does that veil thin it does yes it does. And that's where we see when we um, study, do geriatric studies or hospice studies, and, uh -huh. and we'll start seeing that veil really thin, especially two months and then six weeks, eight weeks, I mean, four weeks. And the closer we get, that veil uh -huh. is very, very thin. Okay, cool, cool, cool. How can people get a hold of you? Very easy. You can go um, to my website, marinmuter.com, or you can email me at Marin at marinator.com. <laughs> uh, right. So both of those things are, are just really easy. This has been really fun. I have really enjoyed this. And if you ever <laughs> want to talk ghost stories, I've got a ton. <laughs> we could do that. We can get you back on. I'm more than willing to get you back on at some yeah. point, you know. I've got some this, I've got some doozies for you. <laughs> that, this was a blast. One more thing is uh, for the people out there who have been very active in the chat room tonight, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, what's the message for them as far as, as far as looking into past lives? Um, I think not only in past lives, but in this life now, the reason why parallel lives are so beautiful and that our past lives are also parallel lives with, within that is it tells you that you are enough just as you are okay. and you're absolutely exactly who you are supposed to be. And you don't need to worry about doing anything to improve yourself because you are you and that is stunning Marin, thank you so much for coming on and i really like i said i really appreciate it i learned so much and i do want to get you on and talk ghost stories one time oh my gosh yes and go on a ghost hunt let's go yes we're gonna drag you back in here okay we're, I'll we're gonna drag you back there okay okay <laughs> all right well you have a good evening and i really appreciate it okay all right bye-bye have a good night bye-bye man that was fun wasn't it learned so much about past life. She's got a good sense of humor to put up with me all that time. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Marin. Tomorrow night, we're kind of shifting gears, and um, I found this gentleman on Facebook. He is a psychologist who, in Ohio, hung out with death row inmates before and during the executions, and he wrote a book about it, and it's a very interesting read so his name is bill uh kimberlin and he'll be on with us tomorrow night to talk about his book and talk about you know 
what the process is for executions and, and what the inmates go through up until that point. In fact, to this day, he still receives gifts from, from the inmates where, well, not the, not the deceased ones, obviously, but the ones that are still on death row will draw him, will paint him and draw him pictures and send him different things. And, and uh, so he'll put it, he'll post them on his Facebook page sometimes. But I want to thank you all for coming again. I want to thank all the people that have, the people that have donated this week. Like I said, I still got a few bills to go, but we're, we're, you know, we're getting closer on that. And that's what I appreciate because this is all nonprofit and it all comes out of my pocket, you know, for all the equipment and all the stuff. So I really appreciate it. But if, if there's anybody else out there that would like to donate, I would appreciate that too. You know, it doesn't matter how much it's just, just, just enough so I can get, get my bills paid and keep people like Marin coming on to the show. If you see that little thing flashing across the bottom, to paypal.me at California haunts, or if you have a thing about PayPal, go over to Venmo, sign in, and just type in California haunts, and you can donate from there. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We're equal opportunity here. We're trying to get the word out and really, really build things up. And you guys are doing a great job of that. But I still need more and more. You know, we're trying to build up YouTube and and everything else. So if you could, you know, if you could share us out, do that. If you have trouble finding our YouTube page, feel free to go to the website, www.CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com, and you can click on the video that's on the front page, and that'll take you to YouTube, and you can uh, subscribe. If you like this video, subscribe. See, it's that easy. Just click of a button, boom, and you're, and you're subscribed. And that's the easiest way to do it. My uh, web page does have all the archives going back for a year and a half, just like YouTube has all the stuff going back a year and a half. So if, if you would do that, that would be great. And uh, wow. And uh, it was great tonight. So I will see you guys tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Same time, same place. And uh, yeah. Have a good night, you guys. Wrong button. It's one of